0: American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.
1: Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed.
0: Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast where we explore the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, April Callahan. And Cassidy Zachary. Welcome to the show. It's (laughs) Thursday, which
1: means it's time for another fashion history mystery edition of Dressed, which we love. But before we delve into today's topic, we just wanted to remind all of our New York City listeners that next week on Thursday, September 19th, we are going to be doing a live episode
0: of Dressed at Yes, the Bard Graduate Center, we should specify, perhaps. Um, And we're going to be joined by scholars Margaret Darrow and Season 1 guest Dr. Kate Strawston in a panel discussion, Fashion, Anxiety, and Society and Gender, in relation to their current exhibition, French Fashion – women, and the First World War. And Cass and I actually had the pleasure of seeing this exhibit when it debuted in Paris a couple years ago back now, Cass? Two years ago, three years ago. Um, So we're very excited to see this new incarnation, which is going to be on view until January. I hear they have lots of fun new things that they've added to this exhibition. So many very cool things from an era that you and I both love.
1: And you can get your tickets By heading over to www.bgc.bar.edu forward slash events to join us next week. And speaking of exhibitions, April, you just had the pleasure of attending the opening of another musty fashion exhibition this week. Can you tell us a little bit about FIT's Paris Capital of Fashion?
0: Ah, yes. So the opening was this past Thursday evening, so approximately a week ago, and it was so packed, I didn't even get to read all the labels because I'm one of those people that goes to an exhibition and reads (laughs) every (laughs) single thing. So you better bet that I will be visiting again, but the entire show is chock full of some of the most supreme pieces of Paris fashion. You really all should go see it for yourself if you can. But a couple of my favorite pieces, well, one of them was a Dior dress that was featured in Richard Avedon's series of fashion photographs (gasps) of Dovima with the elephant. Yes. Yeah. um, I had never seen this actual dress in person. And in this shoot, there's a couple different Dior dresses that were used, but this particular one was the long-sleeved black dress with the white, satin sash and bow that's just below the bust and it is truly exquisite and although it's from the house of Dior it's believed to ha- actually have been designed by the very young Yves Saint Laurent who was his assistant at the time so that was very cool and then another one of my favorites was actually a film costume costume It's this sumptuous black velvet robe à la Française with gold embellishment and sequins that was created for the 1938 film Marie Antoinette, and it was designed by none other than the famed Hollywood designer Adrian.
1: Who we keep saying we're going to do an episode on, and we promise to because he's incredible.
0: Yes. And so the show is up, and like we said, until um, January 2020. So stop by the museum at FIT anytime, Tuesday through Saturday um, afternoon, and it's always free. It's always free. And I am excited to see the exhibition
1: next week. Mm -hmm. So, to today's fashion history mystery, well, it comes to us from a listener, Adrian, who wrote to us a few months back. It's an Adrian (laughs) day. (laughs) Adrian wrote to us and said, growing up, I always heard the saying, fashion is cyclical and have witnessed certain trends that made a comeback, such as ripped jeans, high-waisted pants, and chokers. Do you agree with this statement? If so, which trends would you love to see make a comeback? And which ones would you say are about to make comebacks in the near future? That
0: is a great question, Adrian. Yes, it is. And I agree, fashion is absolutely cyclical. Um, the fashion industry is really built upon this idea of change. You know, what is new is soon old, so on and so forth. It just keeps going around and around. And fashion's ability to keep inventing and reinventing itself is what helps keep this chain of production going. And if fashion never changed, I mean, what need would we have to buy new clothes? Right, Cass? <laughs> to spend money. This is all part of capitalism, friends. <laughs> Of course. And capitalism
1: is just one reason fashion changes, of course. As we have seen throughout history, fashion trends can originate inside and outside the industry itself. You just look at the influence of youth street style on 1960s fashion, for instance. But you can only have so many new ideas, right? So with thousands of years of wearing clothing to contest with, it is perhaps not surprising that fashion repeats itself, especially in today's day and age where any designer is hard-pressed, to not in some way or another repeat what someone else has already done in the past as accounts like at Diet Prada and at
0: Cash and Copy are all about pointing out. On Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But repeating fashion is not necessarily all about copying or knocking off fashion. It can also speak to any number of political, socioeconomical, and cultural factors that influence what we put on our bodies and how the mass adoption of certain types of garments, accessories, or the way that we style or wear our clothes makes a quote-unquote trend. And while Cass and I are certainly not fashion forecasters, we have never claimed to be, um, (laughs) (laughs) we both agree that. Um, Adrian presented us with a really fun opportunity to talk about some of our favorite fashion trends from history and what we would like to see come back and also the trends that, well, we would be very happy to never, ever see again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so one of my favorite trends in fashion history is actually the decorated poofs of 18th century France. This was actually one of the very first episodes we did address the fashions worn at the court of Queen Marie Antoinette and King Louis XVI, and that episode included Discussion about these elaborate wigs and updos, the decoration of which reflect any number of trends that could change on the dailies. So, you have had pieces covered in decorations that could reflect anything from various military battles, you know, to entire fruit baskets. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty certain that this is, you know, a sort of intense spectacle of fashion. Might not find as many willing participants in today's modern age as in the course of 18th century France, but it would certainly be fun if it did.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I want to know what happened to those fruits after they got done wearing them. Like, did they eat them? Did they get thrown out? I don't know. So, poofs definitely were a fun trend for sure, but I mean... Think about living in New York City. Where would you store all your wigs? You'd have to have a whole separate room for your wigs. <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of drag queens here in New York that do. <laughs> I know.
1: That's very true. It's it's, a, its it's modern incarnation.
0: Yeah. But I think I have to say, I've been looking at a lot of uh, fashion magazines from the 1970s cast or late 70s and early 80s lately. And I vote that we bring back the look of disco because this is one of my favorite. Time periods, you know, think those slinky jersey v neck dresses that are like cut all the way down to there (laughs) and chunky high heels, feathered hair, you know, and the period of makeup was really very specific. There were lots of color at the eyes and the lip. Again, one of my all time favorite periods, you know, think Bianca Jagger, think Halston, think Studio 54. Yes. So, let's see. One fashion
1: accessory that I would love to make a comeback is the Chatelaine. We already Mm -hmm. did a fashion history mystery episode on this accessory earlier in the season, but I think they are too fabulous to not come back in a ladies' and gentlemen's wardrobe. So, I mean, purses are just so cumbersome, and why not wear everything you could possibly need on your waist? Also, this is why I am in love with the recent trend for fanny packs. That
0: is definitely one trend that I think
1: will always be in and out of fashion. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the Chatelaine, which is kind of like this obscure, I don't know, accessory jewelry type object. Because... <laughs> Two of my things that I would like to see come back are actually also obscure jewelry objects. I would love to see dress clips come back. And for anybody who doesn't know, dress clips were almost like little brooches, except they were were actually clips. Think about like clip-on earrings. Um, And they were very popular during the 1930s and the 1940s. um, And you would just clip them around your neckline, almost like a little brooch. So those are very fun. And another one... Which is dates all the way back to the Victorian era, were skirt razors. Cass, you know about these, right? Yeah. I was in
1: my head, I was thinking, is she going to mention skirt razors? Because it's kind of the same concept.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So they were kind of clips where um, you could lower and raise the hem of your skirt depending on where you were going. And frequently they were worn during the day, especially when women were outside walking around and the dusty, dirty streets. But um, some of them were quite decorative. Um, So they were this quasi-practical accessory, but also a decorative form of jewelry of sorts. Yes, they're very, very cool. We should actually try to post some pictures
1: if we have any. So my next one, let's see. I don't know if you can call this a trend, but I am a huge fan of the emergence of more and more designers going to upcycling and recycling to create their garments. Two of my favorite companies include Neo Threads and M by Karina Emmerich. And I just had the pleasure actually of seeing M's collection just last month at the Santa Fe Indian Market Annual Fashion Showcase of Indigenous designers. Stay tuned. We're going to have an episode on that coming up. But her clothes are all made to order in her Brooklyn studio. And the company's website confirms that they're, quote, strict on our minimal waste policy and are always trying to find ways to reinvent leftovers and scrap material and turn them into fabulous fashions. So very cool business concept and really, really cool designs. And Neothreads is the brainchild of Sarah Gonzalez, whose company is, quote, dedicated to the transformation of discarded clothing into fresh, one-of-a-kind pieces. Their motto is cool girls care. And I could not agree more. Both of these companies are amazing. And, you know, upcycling just might be the future of fashion.
0: And I really hope so. Well, funny that you mentioned that because I would like to talk about Fab Scrap. Ooh. Do you know about Fab Scrap? I do not. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you. So Fab Scrap is a not-for-profit that's here in New York City. They have two different locations. There's one in Manhattan, and there's also one in Brooklyn. And they also have an online presence at Fab Scrap. Dot org, So that's F-A-B-S-C-R-A-P. And what they do is so cool. Basically, they will go around to locations here in the Garment District or other design studios in New York City, and they'll pick up your uh, leftover fabric. And then they have a couple different warehouses um, where everything gets sorted. And then you can actually go Purchase fabric for extremely low costs, which is which is really really neat. And some of the designers and manufacturers that donate their scraps to Fab Scrap include Marc Jacobs, Oscar de la Renta, Badgley Mischka, um, Carolina Herrera. So these are like you know high quality textiles that you can buy, um, and you can also buy online, and they will ship them to you. So, for all of your listeners out there who sew, check out fabscrap.org. And they're also always looking for volunteers to help with the sorting process. And if you volunteer for three hours, you automatically get five pounds of free fabric. And after that, it's only $3 a pound. So, stock yourself up. Oh, and also they—they are not for profit. So if you like what they're doing, you could—I'm sure they would love to receive your monetary donation as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, renew, reuse, recycle—we're all about it. So mm-hmm. so cool, and so many companies. These are just a few of the many many companies that have kind of jumped on the environmentally friendly, eco, you know, sustainable upcycling bandwagon. So let's keep that wagon rolling. That's right. Okay.
0: What else? What do you want to to never, ever see again? I know.
1: I don't know about you, April, but as a new PhD student on a college campus, I have to say that athleisure trend, the athleisure trend, I should say, is in full effect. And I'm not kidding. Oh, yeah. 75% of the young women here wear athletic leggings to school. And I'm going to have to blame the Kardashians for that one, I think. Um, although it's not just for the ladies. I have to say my husband is also a convert to the idea of athleisure, daywear.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to admit, sometimes, like, if I have to run an errand, like, I'm just going to pop over to the grocery store or something like that. I might wear <laughs> my leggings, but I'm not going to wear them out into, like, a proper, like... <laughs> Day type activity, but I, you're right, Cass. It's all over the FIT campus as well. Um, I walked out of my office the other day, um, because somebody had knocked on my door and I answered it. And uh, the girl was wearing biker shorts and a cropped sweatshirt and sneakers, and right, I was like, oh, I that's the exact outfit that I was wearing when I would leave volleyball practice in high school. <laughs>
1: And the fact that it's on the f i d campus confirms that this is fashion. so <laughs> That's right. I mean she looked adorable, but I was just like, "Oh, I've worn that before, too." <laughs> yeah. One fashion trend that I have grown to have a new appreciation for but don't think it ever needs to actually come into fashion is the gigot or Lego mutton sleeve, which are the wide poofy sleeves seen in the 1830s, the 1890s, and on the runway the last few years. And yes, it is French and pronounced gigot, but I actually prefer the alliteration gogo because (laughs) especially when you say it in reference to American Duchess's gogo girl gang. Because of the alliteration. And Abby and Lauren were actually guests on the show earlier this season. And we talked about their Gigo or Gogo girl gang of 1830s wearing friends. And they actually recently published a video of the gang on scooters. And it's fabulous. So Google it immediately. But as a trend, not really a fan. Literally, your sleeves
0: are competing with your head for attention. Yeah. And and speaking of Abby and Lauren, I'm actually going to see them this week. Oh, yay! Yeah, they are coming to FIT um, to do an event for the, our Love Your Library series because they just published a new book on 18th century beauty, which we've actually mentioned on the podcast already. But the book teaches you how to do 18th century hair. Right. Which is incredible. And they also have recipes in there for all the pomade and, you know, hair powder and everything. And so they're going to come to FIT on Thursday and they're going to do a live demonstration on how to do 18th century hair.
1: Oh, that sounds so
0: fun. You're going to have to post some pictures on our dressed account. Yeah. And I also think they're giving a lecture at the um, New York Arts Club on Friday, which is free as part of their Fashion Fridays events. So.
1: Oh, cool. So everybody check that out. Mm Mm-hmm. Finally, I really am a fan of the recent trend for high-waisted jeans. One jean trend I'm not a fan of, it's exact opposite, the (laughs) (laughs) low-rise.
0: Oh, we all wore them.
1: You know you did too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was a teenager with a flat stomach, wearing low-rise jeans, and the ubiquitous thong undergarment. But no longer. And I have a sneaking suspicion that they are on their way back, April, because as Paul Paré once said, every excess and matters of fashion is a sign of the end. So, you know, pants have gone as really as high as they can go. And now
0: it's time for them to go as
1: low as they can go. Although we shall see if McQueen's bumpsters ever make a reappearance.
0: Yeah. I bet they will. Uh on that note of pants, you know what I would love to see come back and I ha- I do see them here and there, but sailor pants. Oh yeah, sailor pants. I think they're super flattering on everyone. You know, that little kind of like higher waist with the really wide bottom legs. I th- I think just about everyone can rock those.
1: Yeah, and then and then they have the two rows of buttons, too. Yeah, high-waisted pants are really flattering. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm all about it, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion that those low rises are on their way back into our wardrobes. <laughs> not
0: mine, but onto the runway, perhaps. We shall see. <laughs> oh, I have one more thing to add something I would like to go away. And that is these really short jean shorts where the pockets are hanging out. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And that's not about. all that's hanging out. Yeah. Oh, I have seen some things. Let me tell you. It's fashionable down the street, now to show you the bottom part of your bum. It is. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. And I actually saw somebody whose lady parts were a little bit exposed the other day. And I was like, do you know what's happening right now? Are you aware of this <laughs> situation back there? Again, so,
1: so as Paré, you know, kind of prophesized, if they're that, shorts are literally underwear now. So mm-hmm. now maybe, I don't know, capris or... Um, What are the shorts that come to above your knee? Those are coming
0: back. Oh, yeah. What are those called? (laughs) I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Me too. Bermuda shorts. Bermuda shorts. Bermuda Bermuda
1: shorts. shorts. Yes. So, yes, Adrian, fashion is cyclical. Um, And thank you for this really fun question. We had fun with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And. That actually does it for us today, Dress listeners. So we hope to see you next Thursday. But if not, we'd love to hear from you about your favorite and least favorite fashion trends in history. So please write to us at dressed at iheartmedia.com or direct to message us on Instagram at dressed underscore podcast, which is also our Twitter handle. And you can follow us, of course, on Facebook at Dress
0: Podcast without the underscore. If you are a fan of the show and want to take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, we would be oh so grateful. Your support means so much to us. And I think that does it. Uh, We would like to say thank you to our producers, Casey Pegram, Holly Fry, and everyone else at iHeartRadio who makes the show possible each and every week. Catch you soon.
1: Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com slash podcast. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.